welcome to our special Mother's Day service. Can you please stand with us and prepare your hearts for worship? Psalms 100 says, Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the it Lord is, is good, good and his, his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. God, we shout your praise. Come on, let's put our hands together. Can somebody just shout hallelujah in the sanctuary? Let's get ready. Let's worship the Lord. Here we go. Let's go.
Keith LeVay. Come on, somebody shout out his praise. Come on, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many are glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Can you just extend your hands heavenward in this moment? Father God, we call upon the name of the Lord. You are our strong tower. We worship you here. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. Oh my God, we'd never fail. No, my God, we'd never fail. We say,
That's it. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory for the time. Thanks so much for being here on this very special day. You know, whether you're on site, in the building, out in the amphitheater, those in the parking lot, or whether you're watching online or connected to one of the campuses around the Bay Area, we are so glad that you've joined us to worship God. And as we prepare to go to the Lord's table, what we celebrate right now at the Lord's table is that this is a dinner for the winner. It's a victory table that Jesus is, invites us to. That Jesus is victorious. Can somebody say amen to that? And because he is victorious, we enter into his victory as we take of the bread and the cup of Christ. And in fact, in Psalm 121, it talks about the battle belonging to the Lord. And I wanna read this to you as we prepare to go to the Lord's table. It says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and as you go, both now and forevermore. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. The Lord is watching over you, even in this moment. Jesus, thank you for inviting us to your table today. Thank you that you are watching over us. And as we eat, we eat in faith, connecting with you and your presence and your power. Let's eat of the bread of Christ together. And as we drink, we drink in your presence and power that you are indeed watching over us and that you are for us. We believe it, we declare it, 
And if you are for us, who can be against us? Let's drink of the cup of Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can we give him praise, amen, for who he is and what he's done for us? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for being present on this day. Thank you for our cathedral family. I just pray that there's an intense awareness today that even in this moment, you are watching over us. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory, all God's people said. One more time, can we give him praise? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God is watching over me. Say that with me. God is watching over me. Do you believe that today? Say it one more time. God is watching over me. Well, before you're seated, look at someone and affirm it to them. Tell them God is watching over you. Amen. Hello, Cathedral. My son Chase and I wanted to wish everybody a very happy Mother's Day. We've got some exciting things coming up. Here's what's going on. First off, if you're new around here, welcome. We would love to get to know you a little bit better as well as share with you a little bit about what we do here at the church. So don't be shy. Go ahead and take out your phone, scan the QR code on the screen, text the number or see one of our team members. We can't wait to meet you. Well, it's finally here. Bethany Hamilton will be with us this Saturday. You may know Bethany from her story told in the movie Soul Surfer. She's coming to share her incredible story of resilience and hope. You can get tickets by visiting bethanyhamiltonlive.com or purchase tickets today in the lobby or the amphitheater. Now, we love to connect our cathedral family and help each other out whenever we can, which is why next week we're having a job fair right here on campus. If you're an employer who's hiring and you would like a booth, you can reserve a spot by calling the church office or sending an email to ascott at cathedraloffaith.org. Finally, after two long years, Concert for Change is back. We've got a great lineup of dance crews and worship bands. This free concert benefits the organization Life Child, which supports orphan and vulnerable children in Mozambique. So be sure to join us on Friday, May 20th at 7.30 p.m. on campus or online. Well, it is the month of May and that means students all over are getting ready for graduation. And one of our favorite things to do here at Cathedral is to celebrate and honor all of our graduates. If you're a high school or a college grad, we would love to honor you on Sunday, June 12th. You can take part by emailing info at cathedraloffaith.org. As always, for everything that's happening here at the church, you can follow us on social media, check out the church website, or give us a call at the church office. We would love to hear from you. Have a great weekend and a very happy Mother's Day. Bye, happy Mother's Day. 
Happy Mother's Day. Wow, thanks, Chase, for kicking that off. I can't beat his, but happy Mother's Day. You know, in the book of Isaiah, we read this passage of Scripture. It says, as a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. You know, of all of the images God could have chosen to speak to Isaiah, he said, do you know what I'm like? Do you know what I want to do for you? I'm like a mom who comforts her child. And that's the promise to you today, that God wants to comfort and strengthen you. I'm so grateful that he is here with us and he's watching over us. And a shout out to all of our moms who help us know what God is like. Amen. Let's hear it for our moms. Well, you don't have to be a cathedral very long to hear the words of a prayer that really sounds like a mother's heart being expressed, but it's our heart here at Cathedral of Faith. And here's what that prayer says. It says, help us see the needs no one else is seeing. Help us hear the cries no one else is hearing. And help us care about those for whom no one else is caring. In fact, let's all pray this together. Here we go. Help us see the needs no one else is seeing. Help us hear the cries no one else is hearing. Help us care about those for whom no one else is caring. That's our heartbeat here at Cathedral because that's the heartbeat of God. And I want to take this moment to say thank you. Thank you because you did that this week. This week you provided a place to sleep and food for a young mom with two kids who fled from Ukraine to Poland while her husband still defends their city. Thank you. Thank you because this past week, you fed a young mom with three kids who would have no other way to eat unless she came to reaching out. Thank you. Thank you for supplying food for a widow who has no way to get out of her house, except that through this ministry, we were able to deliver food to her. Even though her children are far away, she felt God's love. Thank you. And thank you, this past week, a young girl whose parents orphaned her was able to be cared for and educated and clothed and housed in our ministry of Mozambique because you heard the cries. That's what happens when you give. Widows, young girls, young moms, people in need, your giving makes that possible. In fact, let's pray that prayer one more time together. I'm gonna throw that back up. Here we go. Help us see the needs no one else is seeing. Help us hear the cries no one else is hearing. Help us care about those for whom no one else is caring. That's what you do when you bring your tithes and offerings to the Lord. Your ministry is touching nations, touching families everywhere. And there are a variety of ways you can do that. You can give to the ushers at the end of service. They have uh, baskets there on the way out that you can give. You can go online. You can go to our website. You can text the number on the screen. These are ways that you can hear the cries no one else is hearing by responding and giving. And thank you, thank you, thank you for the hundreds and hundreds of lives you touched this week through your incredible generosity. Well, it's a special moment today as we celebrate our moms. Jessica and Steve are coming to minister to us. Thank you to all of you who sent pictures of your moms in. We're going to celebrate it and honor them. And I hope you'll be blessed and all of our moms will be blessed through this powerful ministry.
That is so beautiful. Would you stand with me, please? And can we let Steve and Jessica know how much we appreciate them blessing us with that song on this amazing, amazing day. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, as we prepare to receive from you and your word already during this service, whether it's been this back and forth, as we're giving you the worship and gratitude that you deserve, God, you're pouring out upon us and you're transforming our lives in the best kind of way. And I pray in these next few moments, all of us 
would hear the one thing that we need to hear. I pray especially that moms on this day would sense your smile upon their lives. I pray this in the name of Jesus and for the glory of Jesus and all God's people said, can we give him praise one more time? Amen. Amen. Well, you can be seated. You can be seated. It is a very special day. And have you noticed that when it comes to movies, it seems like there's a lot of sequels coming out this year. For example, Jurassic World is coming out with a sequel, and I can't wait to see it because I love dinosaurs. Ever since I was a kid, I love dinosaurs, and so I'm gonna see that one. Top Gun has a sequel coming out. And my wife can't wait to see that one because Tom Cruise is in it. And even though he's not as handsome as I am, Tom Cruise is still Tom Cruise. And so she wants to see that one. And then in the Marvel Universe, there's all kinds of sequels. I mean, uh, Doctor Strange is coming out with a sequel. Black Panther, my, father, my brother's favorite, they're coming out with a sequel. Aquaman is coming out with a sequel. And even Thor, have you seen the poster of the new Thor movie that's coming out very soon? <laughs> Everybody's gotta have a dream, amen. Well, not to be outdone, here at Cathedral of Faith, we have our own sequel that's coming out because last year on Mother's Day, I had four ladies who were on our staff. I call them the Wonder Women of the Cathedral of Faith. They shared on Mother's Day and talked about how you could recover a healthy family. And so today I asked them, well, let's have a sequel to the first one. And this time I gave them the question, well, I said, why don't each of you talk about what's the one life lesson you learned from your mother. This is a day we honor moms. Uh, I saw this one comic where a little boy's looking in his mom's closet, he finds this cape, and here's what he says. He says, see, I told you, and his sister says, so that's how she does it, <laughs> superwoman. It is a day we honor moms, and that's the one thing, well, we all have in common. That's the one thing I know about you. I may not know about who your favorite team is or what kind of music you listen to in your car, but the one thing I know about you and that we all have in common is that we all have a mom, unless you're from another planet. We all have a mom, and the Bible gives a very important principle when it comes to how we respond to our moms. It says in Ephesians chapter six, it reads this way. It says, honor your father and mother. Would you say that with me? Honor your father and mother. It's the first commandment that has a promise attached to it. Namely, so you will live well and have a long life. There's something about honoring your father and mother. It's a part of the 10 commandments, but that principle continues in the New Testament because it's built into the fabric of life. Now, when you hear the phrase, honor your father and your mother, honor your mother, what kind of thoughts come to your mind? Maybe you have warm thoughts and feelings that come to your mind. There's this one football player and he loved his mom. And so he decided to get his, 
her name tattooed in four inch letters across his chest. The only problem is when he got the tattoo, they spelled his mom's name wrong. And so instead of spelling it M-A-B-E-L, they spelled it M-A-B-L-E. Don't you hate when that happens? But his mom said, you know what? It doesn't matter. I love my baby. He's such a sweet young man. And after service, if you're feeling brave, we've got a tattoo artist in the lobby, guys. So let's give it a go. I didn't, you know, I, I, didn't, I don't have my mom's name tattooed across my chest. I can't stand needles. But my mom was a wonderful mom, and I've got great memories. She used to take me up to the A's game when I was a kid. And so I hear the phrase, honor your mother, and I just, boy, it clicks right in. Ah, it's easy for me to, to live into that. But perhaps you're here, and you know, we live in a world that can often be broken and can be very messy. And maybe you had a different experience with your mom. Maybe your mom struggled with an addiction and you, well, experienced collateral damage because of that. Or perhaps she dated abusive boyfriends and just, boy, you felt the tyranny of that cycle. Or perhaps your mom was just unpleasable no matter what you did, no matter how hard you tried, you could just never measure up. Or perhaps your mom, just being real, she couldn't handle the stress of it all. And so she abandoned you as a child. And so when you hear the phrase, honor your father and mother, we live in a messy world. We live in a broken world. How in the world are you supposed to put this verse into practice? Now, it's interesting. The Bible does not say honor your good father and dishonor your bad father. It doesn't say honor your good mother and dishonor your bad mother. It seems that the Bible thinks so highly of the position that they have. You are to honor the position, even if the person doesn't marry up. And there's something that God has built into life that we put into practice this principle of honor, that we put ourselves into position to receive. And God makes us a target of his favor in a very special way. And so it's good to practice honoring. And there are lots of ways to do that. One way you can do it is just by remembering and thinking about what's one of those life lessons that my mom taught me and that I can be grateful for. And that's what our Wonder Woman are going to do. Lauren and, Shelley, or Lauren and Esther and Irene and Shelly are going to come to share with you the one lesson they learned from their moms. Would you give my daughter, Lauren, a great big hand as she comes to kick it off? Good thing he's only got one daughter. <laughs> what I learned is, well, like many other people over the years, I have learned a lot from my mom. But there is one thing that she shared with me fairly recently, and it really struck me. It was about four years ago, and it happened before my grandfather passed away, and we had all the family over at 
my grandparents' house, and everyone was having a good time, and the kids were off doing their own thing. And my mom pulled me aside, and she tells me how important it is for my kids to be around my grandfather so that they could be blessed. Now, this word, blessed, it pops up quite frequently in the Bible, and it's actually become very popular quite recently. I mean, I know you know what I'm talking about. You can't be in Target for two minutes, and then you walk past a mug or a card or a notebook or a T-shirt that says, blessed, right? You have celebrities posting pictures next to their fancy cars and their houses with hashtag blessed. What does that even mean? And do we have it right? Let's go back to the beginning, all the way back to the beginning in the book of Genesis. God has created earth, he is creating the living things, and he's just finished, just finished creating the very first man and the very first woman. And this is what we read in Genesis chapter one. It says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Notice that the very first thing God does after creating them was bless Adam and Eve. He blessed them and then he gave them instructions to go. And while I had never really thought that deeply about it before, I was living under the assumption that it was the opposite. I was living under the assumption that blessed people are accomplished people. I was living under the assumption that I need to work really hard and produce lots of fruit so that I could be blessed too. But this shows us that being blessed, it's not about what you produce externally. It's about how you live internally. You see, being blessed, it's not a reward for being productive. It's the power for it. And you see, blessed people function off of a power beyond what any human is capable of. Blessed people have had their, their deepest core value of identity affirmed, their identity in Christ. When you're living a blessed life, you're unshakable because you have the Father's affirmation and approval for who you are and who he has created you to be. You see, my grandfather, he lived and he breathed in this state of blessing. And my mom saw that, and she knew the supernatural power of it. And I am so grateful that she pulled me aside that day and brought it up, because as young as they were, she knew the effect that it would have on them and how important it was for them to be blessed by him. Because once you really understand what it means to really live blessed, you have this unique ability to bless others. And what does that mean? It, just, it means that you can help affirm to those close to you their unique identity in Christ, just as God created them. So think about it. Who can you bless today? I can't even begin to tell you how simple words of blessing have completely wrecked my life in a good way. Words of blessing have brought me out of pain, they've built confidence, they've kept me focused, and they're words that I can always go back to if I ever find myself struggling. So I want you to remember that a blessing has power, and I want to encourage you to live blessed 
so that you can be a blessing to others. Right now, I wanna bring out one of our awesome youth pastors, Pastor Esther. She's gonna share. <laughs> She's gonna share a little bit what her mom taught her. <laughs> God bless you, church. Coffee. <laughs> All right, calm down, calm down. <laughs> one valuable lesson that I've learned from my mom was to treat others the way that you want to be treated. It's actually a Bible scripture. In Luke 6, 31, it says, um, I don't know if it's, okay. And just as you want people to treat you, treat them in the same way. And that scripture became her life motto. My mom, Prudentia Menorah Drusilla Brown, was a beautiful woman inside and out. She was tall, she was elegant, very well-spoken, very well-dressed, and she had a great sense of humor. But mostly, she loved people. And therefore, she was able to connect with people very naturally. She was born and raised in West Africa, but in her 20s, she made the move to live in Spain. Now, this was quite remarkable because she was a black woman planning to build a future in white Spain, and this were the 60s. What was even more remarkable for those days is that she met a white, redhead, blue-eyed, handsome man who fell head, I don't know if we have to picture, there it is, who fell head over heels in love with her. In a time where we all know that racial tension was very high. But despite what people thought or said, they got married in the 60s. So I am one of three sibling, siblings, and my mom used to have a nickname for me. She used to call me Café Con Leche. <laughs> she would call me from afar. She would say, hey you, that's the African, hey you, Café Con Leche, ven aquí. And, and I was like, who says that? Like coffee and milk come here. <laughs> so I tried to pretend like I didn't see her. But since I was the only brown girl in school, so you, that would be me, obviously. <laughs> she had such humor like that. She was very confident in Christ. And growing up in the Netherlands, I noticed that I never heard my mom talk about her limitations. Not limited by being a woman, being a black woman, and not even knowing how to speak the Dutch language at first. It was just not an issue for her. My mom could walk into any room, any culture, ethnicity, whether you were poor, rich, black, whatever. She would wear her beautiful African colorful gown and she would light up the room and connect with anyone. I don't know, did we see that picture? It's a beautiful picture, there she is. However, she also knew, being the first black African woman in my birth city, that many times she was not liked or she was not welcomed. She was even looked down upon and at times even ignored. But my mom knew that she was created in the image and in the likeness of Christ, hallelujah. And that Jesus is able to fill you up with that love for others. And that is how she raised me. And that is how I raised to plan my son, my daughters, and the whole youth up there. <laughs> 
So in 2009, my husband and I, we moved to the mission field in Africa. And I remember when we first arrived, we were with a mission team of six um, families, and we were the Dutch family. And so we were invited to our first church uh, party at a church member's house. And as we arrived with the church bus, the host had greeted all the couples, including my husband, very warm, warm and welcoming. But I sat in the back of the church bus. And so I was the last one to jump out with all these missionary kids. And when I was ready to greet the host, she turned around and she walked away. And I was like, that's weird, <laughs> kind of rude even. But maybe she was busy, and so I didn't let it bother me, and I enjoyed the party. But towards the end of the party, she came to me, she was a bit uneasy, and she said in Afrikaans, Sister Esther, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were the wife of Pastor Youth. I thought you were the mate. <laughs> I said, the mate? Why would you think that? And it didn't even dawn on me. So while I was thinking that, I could see my husband liking the thought of saying, hey, Esther, serve me a few more cups of coffee. <laughs> but I was not offended. I chose not to be offended. Because Jesus said, if any man desire to be first, he must be the very last and a servant of all. This Jesus, a Jewish man, treated women with the most dignity and respect. And the same way he treated the Gentiles, the sick, the children, the soldiers, the seen and the unseen, with the tax collector, just name it. Everyone deserves dignity and respect because he knew every person is made in that image of God and God is always moved with love for people, amen. He also sees your needs. He sees the compassion that you need, but he also sees that love in you. We are able to treat others with that love as well. You see, my mom had no education, but through the love of Christ, she filled containers and shipped them to Russia. And then she welcomed new refugees and served them on the camps. Just as much as she served stationed American generals, and she would cook for them on the Air Force base. But she would also just bake cookies and pass them out to church members. That was my mom. She never stopped loving people. And in her 70s, she got her famous blue fridge. She had a vision. <laughs> she was going to feed the whole city. I'm like, how are you going to do that in just those small compartments? <laughs> but she had a love for people, black, white, male, female, the poor, the Dutch citizens, and the foreigners. And little did she know that that blue fridge grew out to be the city most well-known and largest food bank of that city. To glory be to God. <laughs> And if I can hand you what, that life lesson of my mom today, it would be that even if you don't know what to do, just look at your neighbor because you can never go wrong loving and serving people. God bless you today. <laughs> and so right now, we're going to learn from a life lesson of Pastor Irene. Uh, let's give her a hand as she walks up. Amen. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs>
The strongest oak in the forest is not the one protected from the storms or hidden from the sun, but it is the one that stands out in the open where it is compelled to struggle for its existence against the winds, the rains, and the scorching sun. I wanna introduce you to my mother. She continually impresses me, because throughout my life I've watched her resilience through many difficult and heartbreaking and seemingly impossible situations. She's faced loss after loss, she's a cancer survivor, and yet still she continues to stand. And in doing so, she introduces me to the faithfulness of God over and over again. She embodies the traits that run in her bloodline, courage, determination, and resilience. This is my grandmother, a woman graced with wisdom, and in the most unassuming way, a force to be reckoned with. This is my Aunt Mayella. My aunt would dig her heels in, will dig her heels in to be the strength for others, even if she herself is struggling to find her own footing. And in the most endearing way, she would tell us, suck it up, soldier. My grandmother died this past November, and less than a week later, my aunt passed away Thanksgiving morning. I witnessed the countless times that each of them got up in the chair for another round of treatments or procedures, and despite their diagnosis, they would get out of bed and still press forward one more day for those they loved. And just like that oak, remained standing despite the realities in their life. Well, here's the truth. We all are facing realities in our life. Life is hard, and we are gonna encounter pain, uncertainty, loss, and suffering, but sometimes the strong ones aren't just the ones that are out front for everyone to see, but they're the ones who play second fiddle. They're the ones who quietly yet faithfully stand. They're the ones that get back up again and again when no one is looking. They are the resilient ones. Some years ago, resilience became a, bug, a buzzword, and apparently, as a society, we had strayed from this key virtue, a virtue developed during difficult and dark times that our ancestors had lived through. But in that, they learned this, that you must get up, and you must brush yourself off when life hits you hard, and you must press on and stand. So how do we do this? In Philippians chapter three, it says, forgetting what is behind and straining toward for what is ahead. Meaning we refuse to look back or refuse to get stuck in the past or stuck in the present. But instead, we press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. On a personal note, I remember in the middle of a difficult season, I was depleted in every way that you can be depleted and for a very long time. And my emotions were raging inside of me and falling apart and my perception and my perspective was crumbling. And in a phone conversation with my mom in which I was in tears, I shared a bit of my thoughts and how I was feeling about this difficult thing that I was facing. And after listening for a while, this is what my mom said. She said, I get it, go ahead. Get it all out. But after today, it's done. Don't go there anymore. And tomorrow when you wake up, you stand up and God is gonna stand right beside you. Today, 
God is calling each of us to a resilient and a faithful life, to focus on what really matters and to give it everything we got. And we know that when God calls us to something, he also empowers us. In Ephesians, he says, and after you have done everything, having done all that the crisis demands, stand firmly in your place. Why? Do you remember on social media a while back there was trending hashtag my why and everybody would be posting their why, whether it was a, a cause, a pet, or a family, or a person? Nishi said this, he who has a why can bear almost any how. So why stand, why endure, why not give up? First is because there is way too much at stake. And second is because we stand for what we love and, what, and who we love. You know, God doesn't need our faithfulness, but we need him. And to give up, we would forfeit our heritage. We would forfeit our inheritance. You have a heritage, you have a future. Regardless of your family history, courage, determination, and resilience, they run in your bloodline. Because you have been grafted into the family of God. You are created in the image of God. You are sons and daughters of the resurrected and the forever standing king. Your life matters, your faith matters. You have a heritage worth fighting for, and it's not just for yourself, but it's for everyone who witnesses your life, for everyone you have a relationship with, and everyone that God has given you influence with. And the second is this, that there is a promise from God. Whether your battle today is internal or external, temporary or permanent, uncomfortable or completely life-altering, God himself has promised to strengthen you and to stand with you. And he's the God not just of the difficult and the impossible, but he is the God of the mundane and the seemingly insignificant. Faith has been passed on to us through courage and determination, and the way it's gonna keep moving forward is through resilient men and women who carry it on. Despite that storm, that oak tree still stands. And many of you, including myself, are here today because someone ahead of us got up off the floor, stood on their two feet, and we could see them standing. And then they reached back and they picked us up so that we could stand on our own two feet. And the same thing is what God is calling us for today, is that we need to stand because there are people who are watching us, there are people who are behind us, that we need to help and to pull them up so they can stand on their own two feet. I stand here today desperately in need to be faithful to God. And when we look back at that oak, that oak is not consumed, that oak tree about when it was an acorn or the storms from the past or the storms from the present. But it simply stands and remains standing dependent on its creator and what nature provides. God is faithful. He is more than enough. So what we are saying today is stand up, soldier. This is your heritage. This is your legacy. This is your DNA. And the bottom line is this. You have the strength of God to get back up, to press on, and ultimately the resilience to stand and finish well. All these things we pray and we believe in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And now help me to welcome Mrs. Come On Somebody herself, Pastor Shelly. (laughs) 
Good morning, Cathedral. That was powerful. Amen. So one thing, oh, look at my mom. So one thing I learned from my mom is the power of prayer. I have this memory of her when we were growing up that every night, regardless of what happened during the day, she would pull us together at night and she would pray over us and pray with us. And as children, we would laugh and giggle and nudge each other. We didn't really take it seriously. However, she continued to pray for us throughout our lives. And later, when I got married, she would remain in prayer for my family, always reminding us how powerful the prayer of a mom was. So here I am in this season with two beautiful children of my own, finding myself in a place where prayer has become the gift, sometimes the only gift that I can give to my children every day and sometimes in every moment. Our kids are now young adults and I have realized and come to realize that Sometimes I'm not as influential in my, my kids' lives as I used to be, but the one thing that I can give to them is the gift of prayer. It is a gift, amen, it is a gift that keeps on giving through every stage, through every season, and through every shift of their life, I am committed to remain steadfast in prayer. In James, the scripture says that the prayers of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. And all you have to do is take a look around in the culture to see that spiritual warfare is real. But the one weapon that all of us have is prayer. Paul reminds us of that when he says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of enemy strongholds, the casting down of ima imaginations, and anything that would dare to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. I came to encourage someone today that no matter where you are, or what you're going through, know that prayer is always the effective spiritual discipline that has the power to destroy the works of the enemy in the lives of our children, producing wonderful results. I want to leave with you the example of Mary, who is the mother of Jesus, a praying mother herself, Mary cared for Jesus as a baby, pondering all that had happened in her heart. She watched him become a young carpenter. She was a part of the first miracle in his ministry. She watched him die a horrible death. But then came resurrection morning and she watched him get up out of that grave. Amen. Come on, somebody. And right before Jesus ascended to heaven, he left instructions for his disciples to gather together to pray, wait for the Holy Spirit to empower them 
so that they could become credible witnesses in the earth. In Acts 1, verses 13 to 14, it reads, And when they were come in, they went up into the upper room where abode both Peter and James and John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, I think that's Zelotus or Zealots, however you say it, <laughs> and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued, watch this, with one accord in prayer and supplication with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mm. Mary is found right there, praying with them in the upper room. For Jesus may have been Mary's son, but he was also her savior. And she was also a devoted follower of Jesus. They were praying in the upper room, waiting to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. When suddenly, like a mighty rushing wind, the Holy Spirit manifests himself. Now many things took place in that room, in that upper room that night. But in that, at that time, what I want to focus on is that through the Holy Spirit and the power of prayer, 120 people praying in that upper room along with Jesus' mother, the Holy Spirit through that prayer birthed 3,000 people that were added to the church in that one day. And today... Over 2 billion devoted followers of Jesus are present and alive, praying all over this nation and the world, I might add, crying out in prayer. We still have a remnant. Being a mother is a high calling, which brings great joy and responsibility. And oftentimes, motherhood brings disappointment and heartache and deep pain. But what I want you to always remember, that more than being a mother, the highest call that you and I have is to be followers of Jesus, to be devoted disciples, to follow him wholeheartedly, to believe the word of God, to stay constant in prayer, and always embrace the power and the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I just want to take a few moments. We can't talk about prayer and not pray, right? So I just want to take a few moments, if you'd like to stand to your feet, and just open your hands as a way of receiving from the Lord in this moment. Because I recognize that Mother's Day is a great and fabulous and fantastic day for most of us. But I also know that there are some mothers who today is a difficult day. Maybe you have lost your mother. Maybe your children are not acting right. Maybe for different reasons. Today's just not the greatest day for you. So I want to pray for those who are, well, on the mountaintop, those who are in the valley or anywhere in between, 
that right in this moment, Father, I just thank you right now for the power of your Holy Spirit. God, I thank you that in this moment, you are able to do anything. And so I ask in Jesus' name that you would meet, meet each and every person where they are. God, I pray that you would touch them to the core of their being, that if they need healing, that you would heal them, that if they need restoration, that they would be restored, that if today they are low, God, that you would be the lifter of their head. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would sweep across the sanctuary and the amphitheater and in the drive-in, that you would touch every person, God. You know the cries of their hearts. You know the struggles that they have. I pray for children all over this nation and grandchildren. God, I pray for them all. I thank you that the blood of Jesus covers our families, our children and grandchildren. And I declare today in the mighty name of Jesus, no weapon formed against them shall ever be able to prosper. I thank you that they are marked for you, O oh God. And I pray, Jesus, that you would allow us to cast all of our cares over onto you knowing that you care for us. Help us, God, to be courageous in this moment, to be fearless and steadfast in prayer, knowing that you who begun a good work in our children, in our grandchildren, in our families, you are faithful to bring it to completion. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Jessica, amen. Jessica is going to come and she's going to minister a beautiful song to us, How to Be Courageous. You give me strength. You give me courage. When the road I'm on the horizon I'll trust and believe your spirit will guide me Lord you hold me you hold me in your hand you are with me you are with me now I
for giants and in the name of Jesus you make me victorious no I won't be afraid with you I won't be afraid hallelujah hallelujah Amen. Be strong and courageous. I am courageous. Say that with me. I am courageous. Would you let the Wonder Women of Cathedral of Faith, let them know how much you appreciate the word that they had to bring to you. Just a couple of things and then I'll dismiss you. Pastor Vaughn, if you're close by, I was, you know, that song that they did uh, just in case you're not aware, that's an original song that the Cathedral of Faith produced. Pastor Vaughn wrote the song, and it's, well, yeah. We, <laughs> so we co-wrote the song. I gave him a line, and he took it from there. But, uh, and it just came out. Uh, how can they access the song if they'd like to have yeah, that? Yeah, nowadays everything is digital, so wherever you consume music, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, whether it's on YouTube, Amazon, it's available everywhere, and it's so helpful in this day and age that such, there's so much music out there. If you could just help share the music, help get the word out, we really pray that this courageous theme that Pastor Ken has led us into would get into the spirits of his church and the people. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Vaughn. What a great team. And then, and then if you need prayer after service, our team will be down here to pray with you and pray for you. Thanks again so much for being here today. Uh, you know, I, I invite you, if you're visiting with us, we just started a new series called Breaking Free, how to unleash the best version of yourself. And so I'm excited about that. I'll be talking about that next week. And then uh, I've got a book here from our friend, Roma Downey. And it's her new book. It's a, a devotional, a daily devotional. And I'm looking for a mom. You know, I saw a mom over here in the front row. And I want to bless her with this book. I want you to enjoy it. It's a gift from our friend Roma Downey. So happy Mother's Day. Oh, I love you guys, man. Oh, amen. Have a wonderful day. If you're eating together with your family, Boy, I just pray that you'll have a blessed time around the table together. Let me speak God's blessing over you as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And today, may courage rise up in your heart. By the grace of God, we are courageous. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. All God's people said... Amen. God bless you as you go. Have an amazing day.